Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 72, and we're going to do the readings for Wednesday, the second week of Lent. Wednesday, the second week of Lent. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share to my podcast. It will be a great help. So let's begin with the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. All right. Uh, let's begin with the Kiri. Kiri Elysion, Kiri Elysion, Kiri Elysion. Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion. Kiri Elysion, Kiri Elysion, Kiri Elysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, guardian of the church and terror demons, pray for us. Saint Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. Saint Augustine, pray for us. Saint Ambrose, pray for us. Saint Athanasius, pray for us. Saint Peter, pray for us. Saint Paul, pray for us. Saint John, pray for us. Saint Andrew, pray for us. Saint Thomas, pray for us. Saint Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Saint Padre Pio, pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene, pray for us. Lord, bless this podcast and bless our readings that it may open the mind and heart of your people and draw us and make us closer and more holy to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Okay. Moving along. Now we're in Wednesday, and the entrance antiphon is from Psalm 38. Forsake me not, O Lord, my God, be not far from me. Make haste, come to help me, O Lord, my strong salvation. Forsake me not, O Lord, my God, be not far from me. Make haste and come to help, come to my help. O Lord, O Lord, my strong salvation. Forsake me not, O Lord, my God, be not far from me. Make haste and come to my help. O Lord, my strong salvation. It's beautiful. Psalm 38. Okay, so now we're reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Okay. So, um, I hope you're all having a good Lent. Um, I hope it's a safe one. And I hope, please pray for me, because, you know, I've been dealing with... uh, my neighbor so far i'm making these podcasts ahead of time so i won't be late because i really want to do this i want to share this with people so let's begin the book from the uh, reading from the book of the prophet jeremiah chapter 18 verse 18 to 20 come let us come let us persecute him the people of judah and the citizens of jerusalem said come let us contrive a plot against jeremiah It will not mean the loss of instruction from the priests, nor of counsels from the wise, nor of, nor, 
sorry, nor of messages from the prophet. And so let us destroy him by his own tongue. Let us carefully note his every word. Hear me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. Must good be repaid with evil? They that should dig a pit to, to take my life, remember that I stood before you to speak in their behalf, to turn away your wrath from them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 18, 18 to 20. Come, let us perse uh, persecute him. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem said, Come, let us contrive a plot against Jeremiah. It will not mean the loss of instruction from the priests, nor of counsel from the wise, nor of messages from the prophets. And so let us destroy him by his own tongue. Let us carefully note his every word. Heed me, O Lord, and listen to my adversaries say, to what my adversaries say. Heed me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. Must good be repaid with evil, that they should dig a pit to take my life? Remember that I stood before you to speak in their behalf, to turn your wrath from them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah 18, chapter 18, verse 18 to 20. Come, let us persecute him. The people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem said, Come, let us contrive a plot against Jeremiah. It will not mean the loss of instruction from the priest, nor of counsel from the wise, nor of messages from the prophets. And so, let us destroy him by his own tongue. Let us carefully note his every word. Heed me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. Must good be repaid with evil, that they should dig a pit to take my life? Remember that I stood before you to speak in their behalf, to turn away your wrath from them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is uh, this is an interesting one. I wasn't expecting this passage. It's very interesting. Um, wow. I mean, <laughs> it looks like uh, Jeremiah here. Um, of course, he did. I knew he had people who persecuted him. But the fact that they actually, the, the Holy Spirit, not they, the Holy Spirit chose this to be part of our Lent reading. The people of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, said, come, let us contrive a plot against Jeremiah. It would not mean a loss of instruction from the priests, nor of counsel from the wise, nor of messages from the prophets. So let us destroy him by his own tongue. Let us carefully note his every word. So they're going to manipulate. They're going to... <laughs> they're going to... Um, 
they're going to turn his words against him. They're going to turn, they're going to manipulate and uh, manipulate the word of God. But it's very similar to the people in the book, uh, in the book of Genesis, the Tower of Babel, as they themselves decided to come together. It's almost very similar to the Tower of Babel. Jeremiah became a problem. Okay, the people, Jerusalem and Judah. What happened was after King Solomon's death, the situation got so bad. It be, I think I mentioned it before. There's um, an Arab historian by the name of uh, Ibn Arabi. Ibn Arabi was uh, a historian. He wrote a lot about history. As a matter of fact, his, his um, writings are still used to this day. His methods of studying rulers. He worked for several, I mean, he, he basically lived through a, a bad period, even with the Black Plague. His, he lost his first family and he witnessed it. It wasn't just in Europe. It happened in North Africa, all over. Very interesting. The same was happening today with the global pandemic. What's also interesting about this is that Arabi, Ibn Arabi noticed that the rulers he served, depending on what generation, he noticed that the first generation had the loyalty of the people. I mean, they, 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 they related to the people. They had the same values of the people. They shared the same values, the same mindset, the same thinking, the same philosophy, the same traditions and customs. The second generation, close enough. By the time they got to the third generation, maybe, all right, the third generation, not so much. Maybe you're lucky if they still do, but usually it starts to wane down slowly. By the fourth generation, no, it's time for them to be removed. It's time because they, they're distant from their tribe. They're distant from the people. They don't share the values of the people. And Ibn Arabi noticed that this, this basically happens in, in many systems. He figured that this is, might be so in the past, probably with political systems, probably with political parties. They, 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 they lose touch. They lose interest. They lose, they, they, they leave behind the people, um, with Solomon, um, he, he didn't grow up like his father, David. As a matter of fact, Solomon, I mean, David even had one of his own sons try to overthrow him, Absalom, a few years before Solomon took over. And then after Solomon took over, uh, Solomon himself grew up in a, as, as a dandy boy. I mean, he wasn't a warrior. He didn't fight like David. Uh, he didn't have, uh, but he had, he grew up with luxuries. He was, you know, quite opulent. He had many wives. And that probably, you know, his pleasures probably cut him off from the values of the people and even from, from being with God. And by the time he was gone, his own son, Jeroboam, I think it was, took over and that's it. Jeroboam didn't care. He didn't, he, he, it, it happened exactly like Ibn Arabi said. By the time the third generation comes over, that's it. It's over. There's no... There's no contact, there's no value system anymore between the ruler and his people. It's, and the, the, empire, the, the empire or the kingdom got split. Now, 
here we have Jeremiah, who is a prophet. And we can say that probably the same thing happened between God and his people. Now, if it happened between the people and their va uh, the rulers and the values, then it also could happen between the rulers and God. They no longer share. They no longer share interest, or they look at God as the, as as their God anymore. They kind of turned away. Um, they want to plot and destroy Jeremiah. Come, let us destroy him by his own tongue. And then Jeremiah says a prayer: "Hear me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. Must good be repaid with evil, that they should dig a pit to take my life?" You can put that as putting, like, remember what happened to Joseph? They put it, they dug a pit. This is sometimes repeated in the Psalms. And then they also plotted against Jesus. Jeremiah was the mournful, the the, the sorrowful prophet. And in, in many ways, he was a type picture of Christ, just like Daniel would be. All prophets are, really. Remember that I stood before you to speak in their behalf, to turn away your wrath from them. And I think it happens in many ways, like with the Word of God, with with Scripture. Our um, our our you know our own selfishness turns against God. It could happen with the clergy. It could happen. It could happen with the lay people, and it could happen between Catholic and Catholic. Those who hold those who are very strong attached to their faith attached to prayers, attached to practicing their faith. Sometimes even those who are sort of like nominal Catholics turn on them and they begin to look at people who, who practice the faith very diligently as they begin to snub, they begin to look down on them. Like, don't be so Catholic, don't be so religious, you know, stuff like that. It happens, it happens a lot. And I think in many ways that's happening now that certain people just feel, you know, they look at their faith as more cultural. They don't look at the values. They don't look at the ethics. They don't look at the the traditions. They see it. They see it as a burden, and they see it as an embarrassment. And that's, in other words, they they become ashamed of it. And that's and that's what happens, I think, with politicians. Politicians, Catholic politicians, they love to exploit the church, but they don't love it. They don't love it when, let's say, the people are practicing and very orthodox and conservative. Politicians worship the government. The government is their god. A lot of people, that's what happens. All right, let's move on to the next one, the psalm. Psalm 31. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. You will free me from the snares they set for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, faithful God. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. I hear the whispers of the crowd that frighten me from every side as they consult together against me, plotting to take my life. You Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. In your hands is, is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. Okay, one more time. 
Psalm 31. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. You will free me from the snares they set for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. I hear the whispers of the crowd that frighten me from every side as they consult together against me, plotting to take my life. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. So you can see the connection. You can definitely see the connection here uh, between uh, what what's going on with Jeremiah, and we can see the Christ, the crystal, the Christ, the Christological connection of suffering. Jeremiah is a type picture of Jesus, as most prophets would be. Joseph himself in the Old Testament was definitely a type picture of a Christ. Uh, his brothers turning on him, throwing him in the pit taking his clothing, covering it with a, a lamb's blood or a goat's blood, and then selling him for, for, for money to, to Egypt. And then Joseph rising up in political power, and then uh, a famine, and he basically saves Egypt, practically saves the known world by his ingenious thinking of how to save all the grains and everything and storehouses. He became the source of bread and life to his people. Now, in this psalm, this, the church, the Holy Spirit is connecting to, to suffering. We see the type picture of Jesus in Jeremiah, and we see Jesus in the psalm. You will free me from the snares of my, uh, set for me, for you are my refuge. In your hands, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Jesus says these words on the cross before he passes, before he expires. You will redeem me, O Lord, faithful God. I hear whispers of the crowd that frighten me from every side as they consult together against me, plotting to take my life. Okay? But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. It's a, it's a, it's a Christological psalm. Oh, everything speaks of Jesus in the scriptures. Everything speaks of Jesus Christ. All right, it all here. I mean, Jeremiah mentions they 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 dig a pit, they dug they, they dig a pit to take my life. Here we see something. We see this uh, a similar Christological connection. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You know, I mean, it's all there, and you have to learn to read it, and you have to read the scriptures regularly. Okay, let's um, let's move on to the gospel. Okay. Now we go to the gospel uh, verse before the gospel. It's from John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. And the reading, the gospel reading, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, they will condemn the Son of Man to death. Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 to 28. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. As Jesus was going to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves 
by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handled over, handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. And he said to her, What do you wish? She answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice will indeed my chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard this they became indignant and at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among among you. Rather, whoever whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. But just so just so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, one more time. Reading uh, reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 20, verse 17 to 28. They will condemn the Son of Man to death. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them, On the way, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. And he said to her, What do you wish? She answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit one at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice will indeed you will indeed drink, but it to sit at my right and at my left. This is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom, with whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard it, they began to they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and that the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you will be your la- your slave. Just as the Son of Man 
did not come did not come to be served, but rather to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The gospel of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so let's look at this. We started with Jeremiah, and we see that the people of Judah and the uh, princes of Judah and the people of Jerusalem were plotting against him. And they wanted they want to destroy him. They want to destroy him first by first using his prophetic words against him to twist it, manipulate it, so that they could destroy him. They have to destroy him first because there are people listening to him. There are people listening to him. And this is like, they see it as political. They need to preserve their power. And Jeremiah is a danger to their corrupt power. It's interesting. It's like today with the, what's going on with the Republicans and the Democrats and the Democrats now with what they call misinformation or fake news. It's, it's basically something like that. It's, it sounds very similar, but it's, Jeremiah is exposing the corruption in the 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 uh, the royal house in Dave in the priesthood and everything. There's corruption going on, and it's funny. Jesus used to say, "Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians," and it's the the allegiance, their corruption, their allegiance. Then we went into the Psalm, which also was a messianic Psalm, and now we got into the Gospel of Matthew. They're going to Jerusalem. They're heading towards it. Jesus takes his apostles, his disciples aside and tells them. He's trying to communicate to them to tell, to prepare them for what's going to happen. But they never get it. They never get it. Even to the very end, they never got it until finally the resurrection probably woke, opened their minds and they saw the truth. Now, in this case, what happens is that they go from there to the sons of Zebedee. The sons of Zebedee decided to go use uh, mom, mom to get Jesus to promise them something. They want to sit on the throne on his right and on his left. And what, how we know that this is really them, it's because, you're going to love this, because Jesus doesn't talk to the mom. He goes directly to them. And they said they can't do it. And Jesus tell them, you can't. You can't do it because it's only my father has that power to give it. You see, they're thinking earthly, and Jesus points to it. You guys are seeing the church from a very earthly, princely perspective, from a king, a king attitude. My kingdom for you, this the the kingdom of heaven, which is in this case is the church, is they they don't really see it. And Jesus was heading towards Jerusalem and Jerusalem is a type fi fi figure of the church. He's telling them, you want to rule over each other like the Gentiles. I'm telling you, you can't. You got to think holy because they're looking at the church like some do, even through many centuries they did, as their salvation in an earthly way, their bread and butter. They look at the church from a bread and butter perspective because they can't think of anything else. They they still think this is the world. They think they still think it's going to be something physical. It's not. We have to think also, we have to realize that we are also on a pilgrimage. This is not our home. We're gonna grow old, we're gonna die, some of us are gonna grow sick, some of us will die 
earlier than others. And the problem is, it's not this world. You're never going to be, you're going to be, you, you're going to find yourself even more terrified when you get older in this world. You're going to be more terrified. Terrified of the government, terrified of everything. You just don't, you just want to get away from it. And yes, well, you have, we have to prepare a, um, a shelter. Anyway, I'm glad you heard it. Um, let's go on. Let's move on from there. Let's go to uh, a prayer. And, um, and that way we, I can get prepared for Thursday. Okay, so let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. God bless, folks, and I'll be back soon. Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.